You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. All right, on today's podcast, we're going to talk about the consequences of solvent-treated magnesium. So we have had a serious epidemic of magnesium deficiency throughout the last century, for sure. And it's a growing deficiency. It'll probably get worse and worse because of the soil. We're still at only 1% of farms using like compost and anything that would bring magnesium naturally back. And it's a slow thing to bring back. It takes a few generations, actually. It's not just like you can just throw it all in there. And so um, this will get worse. Some of the trends we see, you know, from coffee to chocolate to all these other stimulant trends usually have underneath them deficiencies as the origin of the trend. So whether it be special fats or um, special like connection to iodine, cofactors, things like that, that are in these more exotic foods that become commonplace. And I've found that chocolate, you know, when you combine it with cream or milk or something, actually brings some of the iodine cofactors to help assimilate the iodine in the milk, if the milk has iodine anymore in it, because you have to do a little bit of searching to find it, or you have to learn how to extract it out of decent milk in your region, raw milk, um, through other processes such as making farmer's cheese, and etc. So all that to get back to the fact that the deficiencies are a big reality that is the predecessor of a lot of our trends. And so learning how to... I guess you could say learning how the how we treat magnesium and how we've thought about this for a while as we start to think maybe there's some consequences to this. Have we been playing God with this molecule? Um, is the whole pill paradigm because it works a little bit, therefore everybody's kind of happy, it's okay, we're all good, we don't need any help? Or is it more like we never get out of the deficiency and we're contaminating our, bo- contaminating our body with weak magnesium bonding agents, you know, like magnesium in itself, the tentacles and its own little star formation and this kind of magnesium at a molecular level, if you could say, and paying attention to how those, um, how those, I guess you could say, um, not tentacles, but how it interacts, you know, it has a structure and it interacts with other things in the body. And so if it's able to be cut apart and solvent treated, every time you, like say for example, you pull it out of chalk or you pull it, you try to pull magnesium out of gypsum or, you know, some other layer where they pull Epsom salt out of certain layers of the earth, which were much more abundant, um, and you kind of extract it. It's not like you go to Epsom or you go to Bath and you kind of get this soft stone or whatever it is and this kind of special stone like they used to. Now they just extract um, what they can out of chalkier substances, which is like whiter or less white substances. And so they end up, because the stone itself is not fully clear in nature, you have to do a lot of solvent treatment. If it was clear, you wouldn't have to do any solvents. It would be a natural state magnesium chloride, which is called bichafite. It's found in nature, and it's super abundant underneath the Zechstein Sea 
uh, in the Zechstein Sea, which is an enormous quantity, almost the size of Scandinavia, underneath the North Sea. So can you imagine it's thousands of years of magnesium? The world should look no further than that, and we should all just stop, at least the Western world, uh, as we found the big jackpot, so to speak. But that's not what happens. So a lot of Asian lookalikes come in, and, and also bromine from Salt Lake and mercury-filled waters and things from the Tibetan Plateau, which have been exploited by China. And we have a lot of different infeed of minerals from Mongolia on down to, to you know, Salt Lake City. And so <clears throat> learning how they really do this stuff is important because if you start changing the molecule itself, then you have to think it's also changing how it bonds with everything, right? The bonding power. And so if it has less bonding capacity and uptake and chelation and all of these, they're not just words. I mean, you know, magnesium triggers the enzymes and the enzymes help chelate. They help uh, shake things down, fractalize, you know, ma magnesium malate in the body. Malic acid teams up with magnesium and they, and they break down ammonia. I mean, they break down aluminum through a typical, it's, a, it's not an ammonia principle, but it's like an acidification process. And so that helps to break down the metals. And so these uh, help get some of this stuff out of the body, but not only metals, but like, you know, uh, you can, endocrine disruptors, coagulation, um, aging glycated products and other things like that, acid residues, things like that, which cause aging, you know. So a lot of this stuff has to get out of the body, and I guess we think with all the 4G, 5G, and some of these other things that none of that stuff is real. It's just waves coming through us, but we don't realize that those things create coagulations. They create things in the body. They actually create physical material, and so that body has to get rid of that material or move it along or whatever it is, and so that, that's basically kind of a way to tax the system and make it slower like a virus in a computer, you know, just slows it all down. Your computer still works, but it's just annoying, you know? And so that's kind of one of the ways that we get drained. So really important to stay with the natural purity when it comes to these things, especially in the material world. Okay, if we're talking emotions, we're talking philosophy, we're moving into another sphere and there's a different set of rules. But when we're back in like food and the body and history, we go through tradition and we go through what how we learned about all this material world and, and minerals. And so that at that level, I guess you could say that material level, uh, food and, and some of these things, that's, that's where we have to kind of, you know, you don't want like a scientist making your food. You want like someone like some French chef somewhere or whatever, you know, um, or some Vietnamese sushi or, or I mean, uh, Vietnamese like food or pho or, you know, you want like something that's traditional uh, and the more traditional, the better in that world. Now, when it comes to like emotional healing, you're not looking for something always super traditional. You might find new approaches because we're kind of moving up into a freer sphere. But the body itself and, and that world of minerals, we have to pay attention to tradition and how our ancestors got these things and be very wise to not leave the body behind and get lost, uh, kind of lose our feet, so to speak. And so I think America has been doing that for a while. You know, Europe has a lot of body and soul and America has a lot of spirit. And I love America for that. And but we can't forget our feet, you know, like America kind of leads in that way. But we can't lose our, our feet, our footing. So trying to help um, understand how important it is, this molecule and to not mess with it, not put it in plastic. As soon as you put it in plastic, you get all these little beads on the edge of the molecule. And so that allows it 
it has less capacity to pull those same plastics out of your body, and it actually has a reverse effect. It actually drops off plastics into the cells because it has keys and locks to all your cells. So there's certain things you just don't want to weaponize. You know, I always tell people when it comes to basic items like food, like butter, bread, salt, um, um, you know, milk, and any of these like basics, yeah, you want to spend a lot of money. You know, eggs. You don't want to be like the guy who gets the cheap eggs at the grocery store. That's one place you don't want to be stupid. You want to spend the most money you can probably on that cheaper item because it's so basic. And so that way you get better quality stuff. And it's not always better quality just because it's higher price. But in general, there can be some truth there. So, um, you know, it's like treating yourself, so to speak. And, um, and so um, it's really important that this molecule stays natural in its natural state from a clear stone. And, and you can only do that if you go through the zechstine. I mean, there's other ways to do it, but it's harder because they don't have such a high concentration of bishafit underneath. The, I mean, it, this is like something you can't recreate. That's the problem. It's, in the American market, they want to just be able to recreate all their stuff. And so it's a sad story that a lot of these brands like these ancient and genuine and all these kind of false certifications that you have out there, like these companies, they, you know, they import from Asia, most of them. And, um, they definitely don't import from the center in Holland from the Zechstein inside, you know, one batch controlled source in all of Holland. So that's for sure. Cause I've asked them and I've tried to get certificates of origin from all of these companies. They won't give you that. They won't let you call their source at, at the source and talk to the engineers. You can do that with, with this product, with our products. But what I'm trying to say is that it's really important not to mess with that molecule. That molecule needs to stay. In the, that needs to be the, the stuff you pay the entrepreneur for is that he's protecting that molecule at all costs. And you don't pay him for trying to you know, cheapen that and find a way to get better distribution just through using plastic and, and things that distributors will take. They're like, we don't want glass because it shines a light on our plastic. So we'll take you if you do, you're in plastic. And so you have to find people that are strong enough to pine the way through and keep the glass and keep things in the way they're supposed to be done. And don't be afraid. Don't say, oh, it's shipped in plastic, these big totes. Like, what does it matter, the glass? It does. It's a big deal. The totes are nothing compared to what it turns into when you bottle into thousands and thousands of soft user in plastics, not totes, but soft user in plastics that are made for aspect. And you pour it into all of these um, surface area, multiplying the surface area by 5,000%, 10,000%. That's when you damage the product. It's not through shipping and then bottling in glass, not at all. So we're trying to, you know, you can't avoid certain realities down here, but you you, you have to mitigate, you know, so where you can keep this um, protection going so that, you know, you can eliminate some of these heavy metals and endocrine disruptors and chemical plastics from your own body and get them out through the magnesium. They won't do that if they're completely plasticated, sitting on that shelf in that halogen light with... Um, uh, in that cheap plastic bottle going over, you know, how many months, how many years, then you using it and then oxygen comes into effect and then it's just like degrading and degrade. Why? Why go through all that when you can spend five bucks more and get glass or whatever? So do it right. Don't go cheap on this area and get the right stuff and realize that the molecule is very important. As soon as you start messing with it, how do we know it's not messing with all of our calcium formation in the body? How do we know it's not weaker bonding? It makes perfect sense that it's a weaker bond. Because think about it. If you have to put in a solvent to pull bromine and mercury out, then how are you going to hope to pull that same mercury out of the body? So what happens is 
you're pulling that mercury out of the substance because it's got it already in there because you had to use a substrate that's not pure, which is 99.9% .9 of the market. And so then you just extract it all out and you man purify. You don't let nature purify to that clear stone, which takes 250 million years. You purify. And so what happens is when man purifies it, the solvents are used and the solvents take little nubs all off of the molecule to where by the end you have this truncated little fingerless hand walking around in your body that's trying to bond with these little nubs through everything it tries to do. And it still does things. It's not like ineffective completely. But we've knocked out a huge potential, especially to pull out a lot of these modern toxins and to be sticky enough to get that to happen. And, and even, I guess you could say, not living or live or raw or whatever you want to call it enough to activate a lot of these enzymes at a, at a higher uh, level higher electrical level you know the, the electricity comes through structure and mechanics too it's not just random and so if we start messing with the structure we mess with the electricity of of the magnet or the magnesium so follow history don't worry about the next study that's going to come out to prove finally that it all works and that da, 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 that's never going to come out you know if they find a cure for cancer you're never going to see that study you're going to see four or five studies that of them trying to shut down something that tried to help cancer probably and disproving it at this point so you have to be more alert now to the fact that that's almost a naive game at this point uh, and we have to adult a little bit when it comes to those types of things and just realize that probably cancer is probably a threefold mystery that takes a couple two or three approaches all at once and some of them may be qu quite simple but you know I had a friend who used finbendazole and he had a face tumor all over his face and uh, he couldn't get anything to stop it and now after a few six four or five months of that it's been going down like rapidly it's almost gone it's crazy and this stuff costs well 20 bucks you see so that is one idea that you realize that just because you'd never find that finbendazole because it's a goat dewormer and so therefore you'd never figure it out well, there it is, the truth out of a horse's mouth. So anyway, um, be careful with the molecules. Don't play Brave New World here with people's bodies. Get the right stuff. Come to us, uh, theheartoftradition.com, and hopefully more people will step up and start helping spread this transdermal gospel because there's a lot of people who need it. We're only touching 1% of the market. There's a lot of people who need help here. And we need the glass. We need the original source. We need everything to stay pure, just like they do in Europe. Don't change it. Don't touch it. Get out of the way. And if distributors want this, that, or the other, then just back off and find your own way. You might make less money, but you have to find a way which works with your ethics over time. So that way you're actually creating something that no one else is so that people who seek can find. So anyway, thanks, and uh, come check us out at theheartoftradition.com.